drop the subject with Allie and Dr. James Simmons, who is exhausted, hoarse. And if you heard some familiar segments yesterday, it's because James was on a special mission, which he cannot really discuss. Right, Dr. James? I <clears throat> Excuse me. I can't even start off the show without um, having to clear my throat. I cannot specifically discuss what happened on the special mission but i can I, I can allude to things i can be sort of vague about things um, okay that's a horrible so, tease i'm just gonna keep asking you direct questions and you can deny them okay how's that, that. <laughs> were you on a game show i was on a game show i can say that much okay were you on the price is right i can say yes i was on the price is right all I, right I was, so james I was on the price is I right was a, Invited to be a contestant on The Price is Right. How about that? And I was there. All right. You were there in the original studio. Which has been COVIDized. It has been okay. uh, totally updated to be like COVID friendly now. And there were, were there any virtual audience members or was it uh, like, was it those weird rectangular screens that they're doing now at the <laughs> Ellen show or was it people? Uh, no, there were no virtual people there. There's no big audience anymore, but they have found really fun, cool ways to still make it feel like absolute chaos, like the price is right normally is. So I don't, I think we'll miss the audience because we miss people, but I think they they made up for it in a really, really fun, unique way. Did they still write your name on that name tag in that super vertically font? Yeah, yes, and they it's very specific, and sometimes they have to try several times. My name fit perfectly, but if you have a long name, they have to try several times to get it on. It's kind of funny to watch. And did they compensate for not having a full audience by making you scream 10 times louder than you would have, <laughs> which is why you have no voice today? There is a component of that. Uh, the few people who are invited to potentially get called down you're uh, there sort of all day and you are also kind of the covid audience if you will um so it's all very safe but yes they do ask that a component of this feeling like the original audience like feeling like the madness is you uh screaming your head off and i am teased quite often by my friends and my partner who I have a really, really annoying, loud, screechy yell, like white girl sorority yell that I can hold for like 90 seconds. Yeah, that is a skill that not a lot of people possess. And that is a skill that I don't possess. And I think that I would be, well, I'm not a very energetic person to start. So when I went in line and did the whole Price is Right experience, Uh I knew that I probably wasn't going to get selected, especially when you say you're in the media or that you're an actor or anything like that. They never want that. So I think I said some random job. I was like, I'm a waiter. And they were like, move along. And (laughs) the only reason why we were placed in the front row was because my sister was with me and my sister is extremely attractive. So we were put in the front row I think because maybe because of our age and because, yeah, because my sister was the hot girl in the audience, but none of us got picked. And the people who did get picked, I believe, had those long, long yells, the ones that Uh really just they are born to be a great game show contestant. It's it's like, <laughs> it's a I thing. don't know what, it's an innate thing in you, James, uh-huh. where you, and you are already a very successful man. 
you have been you're you're smart you're also very generous and you're a genuinely good person which means that good things come to good people so <laughs> wah, wah, wah. good things God. come to good people i so will say i know is- i'll never get selected <laughs> This is a special episode, so I can tell everybody that the episode airs Tuesday night, October 27th, in prime time. So wherever prime time is in your where your your neck of the woods, wherever you live, I don't think I can say that, can I? Prime time, wherever you are, um, I think it's like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., whatever. So set your DVRs, and it features very... Lots of other really deserving people. Like, I didn't... I was there thinking, like... I mean, I'm super glad that I get to be here and like be a potential contestant, but the, all of these people like deserve to be here and like every single person deserves to win. Okay, well, so it was you and Mother Teresa, even though she's <laughs> basically brought back. Our RBG was there. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh God, they're all it was getting the Angel show. Oh, first responders and angels. How could you compete with that? Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Allie Johnson, James Simmons. I'm giving you my raspy um, phone sex operator voice today. Or I don't know what this voice is, but my apologies for that. This is what happens when you work a bunch of night shifts in a row and scream your head off for six hours. Super fun. But... Another thing that sometimes I want to scream my head off about, and I think listeners, a lot of you can agree with this, is tipping. I am that person who never understood why tipping is difficult or the concept of tipping is difficult or how much one should tip on the bill is difficult. This is not hard for me. And I'm not a math person. Now, I don't know if I have had the luxury of being a server and a bartender in the past. That made things a little bit easier. I don't know what it is. But in this age of COVID, when now some of the world, whether we should or not, have reopened, we are finding it compelling to really, really make sure we nail a good tip for the people who are providing us services like delivering our food and giving us alcohol that we can walk away with, which is amazing. So it begs the question, then, what is the right tip for the right service? What you're saying is that you don't understand why tipping is difficult for some people. Let me explain. (laughs) I I am good at math and and I do know how to calculate a tip properly. Um, My wife does not know how to do that. So she's one of the people who will just Mm. hand me the receipt and I will figure it out. I know what 20% is. I know all the basic percentages. It's stories like man leaves $5,000 tip on a $2 bagel that screws (laughs) the entire... Understanding and equal, yes, it throws off the entire balance of the tipping industry. And when COVID (laughs) happened, everyone started doing these exorbitantly insane amounts, it was like 300% tips Uh on things. And then it makes all of us dumb Joe Schmoes feel like we're cheating everybody that we come in contact with. Mm. It just takes one person to tip the scale, literally. Right. And even if you're just buying a, a DVD set at Best Buy, they're tipping like $500. And you're like, I didn't know we were supposed to tip Best Buy people. What is going on? <laughs> I got to tip the Best thing, Buy guy now? Damn it. I know. You have to tip everybody. So, and it's also, I blame Square because Square has that stupid tip selection no oh, matter yeah. where you are or what service you're getting. And so you feel like you have to tip everybody every time, everywhere. 
And that's also confusing. So it's not about the math, James. It's about square and generous people. <laughs> They're messing everything up. Screwing everything up. I, that thought did come across my mind when I, I was like, okay, I've been, I mean, I work in healthcare. So obviously I've been like, for the most part, having a job all through COVID and, you know, d- doing this and whatever. And like, I was like, okay, there are lots of people who need this extra money. So I've been that guy where I'm like, all right, we get takeout from the same, like probably five restaurants pretty consistently every month. And every single one of them would be like, all right, $37.50 for your takeout. And I'm like, here's $60. And Chris is like, what are you doing? He's like, you oh cannot get in the habit of tipping $23.50 every time on a $37 bill. Like, that's crazy. What are you doing? And I'm like, but they need it. And like, whatever. Well, but then you start to realize that that hits your pocketbook like pretty fast. And you can't, this is it not sustainable. Is. And then you wonder... Well, these five places know us. Are they going to start expecting this from us like all the time Yes, now? they are. Yes, because I've been in the service industry and people like you are the people that I depend on. And there would, oh, there was, you, you can't go back once you've gone over tip. Once you've over tipped, you cannot That's properly it. tip or under tip. <laughs> That's it. all you can do. So now you've, you have to move. <laughs> right. We have to sell our house that we've only been in a year. Sell your home and, <laughs> and move. And move. We did, uh, interestingly, run into one of the persons who delivers from that restaurant the other day on our evening walks with uh, with the dog. And he was like, hey, guys, how are you? Like, he was like super extra friendly. And I was like, wow, I wonder if he also lives in the neighborhood. And he was really friendly. Oh, we're the over, we're the big tippers. We're, we're the, the over tippers. Yeah. There you go. And this, oh. guy, he, this guy knows what's up. He knows who to say hi to because <laughs> yes, he's smart. He he's uh, like, all right. Well, we, we haven't gone into the end at any of the actual tips yet. So we are going to take a break. I've vented about tipping. And now we will give you tips on tipping when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and Dr. James, who is forced from his appearance on The Price is Right, which airs a couple weeks from now, October 27th. You want to see James's clappy, smiley, yelly bald head on your television. It's going to be very exciting and I will be watching. I hope you are as well. So we're talking about tipping for Just the Tip Tuesday. Just the Tip Tuesday, of course, is where we share tips, tricks, life hacks, anything that makes your life a little easier, especially now in the year 2020. And we... Uh, I, I kind of hijacked the last segment because I just wanted to vent about tipping in general. But what are the actual tips for tipping in this day and age, James? Well, there are some, you know, rules by service is really what what matters here. So most people get restaurants, right? And and as a general rule, you want to say if it you've had just solid service, right? They didn't really screw anything up. You liked your server. Or they stayed COVID safe, all of that, whatever. You're If you're dining in, so you're eating in an outdoor space. 20%, right? Now, one of the rubs on restaurants, interestingly, is taking out from there. A lot of people don't actually tip on takeout or they don't tip enough. But the recommendation actually for your Just a Tip Tuesday is to tip 15 to 20% on that takeout order. See, that's something I think has changed this year or in the last year or two, because I know a lot of people before all this happened that did not tip for takeout. And I, and working in the yeah. service industry, I... I would not expect tips or much of a tip on takeout orders. I would just give them, they, they may, maybe left me a couple of bucks between mm. two and five bucks. Didn't depend on how much the, the order was. It was just kind of a grab and go situation. Now grab and go is all you have at a lot of places. So that's one that I've been confused about. I'm like, okay, do I just tip 20%? Right. What am I doing here? 
because also take takeout adds up. It gets expensive, right? And you're already Absolutely. trying to, you know, do takeout so you can keep the restaurants open and you also don't want to break your own bank. So that's a tough one. Yeah. So 15 to 20% of the pre-tax total is what they're saying. Because that's the other thing. People are like, oh, do I add the tax? Do I don't add the tax? Just 20% done. So delivery. This is another big one, right? A lot of people will just like set amount. My dad used to be this guy. It didn't matter when pizza was delivered to the house. If he ordered 10 pizzas for my entire basketball team or one pizza for the family, he tipped the same like $2. I'm like, dad, Aww. you have to tip on the percentage of the bill. So they're saying now in COVID that delivery is 20% of the bill, that tip. But here's the rub. You have to be careful because a lot of times they will factor that tip into the final price that you've paid. Yes. That's the other thing is they're starting to do the automatic tip now. And if you don't watch, if you don't look at that receipt, because they still add the extra line, James. Yeah, they do add the extra line. Right. So they're saying because it'll say and remember, your tip is not the same as a delivery charge. So this is why sometimes like delivery can be really expensive, right? You're like, all right, I just want like this $12 item, but it ends up being like 30 bucks because it's a $12 item plus tax Plus, there's a delivery fee in there. And if you haven't met a minimum, that delivery could be fee could be high, five or eight bucks. And then they'll sometimes automatically add a tip on top of that. So already you're looking at a $28 bill on a $12 item. And then they put the line in, Allie. And then you're like, uh, uh, got a tip. Um, so no, you don't have to just watch that bill uh, very specifically. Baristas and bartenders. So I'm pretty bad about tipping at Starbucks. I will say that's the one place where I'm half the time like, just give me my coffee. I want to go. But they're saying, and the, if you're just getting a coffee, yeah, if it's a three dollar coffee, that's do I where really I'm like, if I'm like, if bucks? literally you just have to pour the coffee and hand it to me, and then you want me to give you a twenty five percent tip for that? <laughs> Listen, these baristas are working hard for us. I it, I, I don't know if it's ca- because karma comes in my brain all the time, whatever. But I at least, even if it's just you poured the coffee and handed it to me, I give them a dollar. This uh, these recommendations are saying baristas and bartenders two to five dollars per drink. And I generally think that, you know, out and about and back in those days when you remember when people actually got gathered in bars indoors and we ordered drinks from bartenders um, back in, you know, the history of, of people, we I would just go and get a drink and it was just five bucks a drink. I'm, I'm that guy. So sometimes buying drinks got really expensive. Yeah, especially if you go to a hotel or a place where you're trying to be fancy and they're not doing a happy hour, man, it could be 20 bucks for one drink. Dude, so yeah. then you're then you're tipping four or five bucks for one drink. Then you're broke and there. drunk. <laughs> and you're broke. Last but certainly not least, as we get out of here, we know we have lots of stylists um, who are part of the DTS family. And we appreciate and love y'all. And so glad that some of y'all are back to work now. 20 to 25 percent for your hairstylist and barber. However, if no one has touched that hair in COVID and this is the first time a pro is getting their hands on it, you might just want to plan on tipping them 100% because it's going to be a lot of work. Yeah, seriously. They have their work cut out for them, especially if you're trying to get that mullet. Just give them 100% tip because they deserve it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and Dr. James Simmons. Let us... We've waited long enough. We must trump around. Because the president of the United States is trumping around all over the place. He's this trumping dude. here. He's trumping there. <laughs> he's trumping he's everywhere. Trumping everywhere. <laughs> and he obviously held a rally over the weekend. It was very Avita-like. 
he went out on his balcony and he spoke to the people, Don't which the people were thousands me. and yeah, there I were thousands of people COVID. there. A lot of them were Candace Owens people. Is that her? That's her oh, name, right? Candace God. Owens. And who is, uh, if you don't know her, she is a black woman who is extremely right-wing Republican and a big old Trump supporter. If you want to get real pissed off, if you're not pissed off enough in 2020, just follow Candace Owens on Twitter. And he also seems to think that he's immune to coronavirus now. But why is he able to, why did he get cleared by his doctor, Dr. James, to just kind of roam around the world? Is he no, he says he's no longer contagious. Is that true? Is that a thing? You don't need a negative COVID test to actually have had COVID and then be okay to go back out and mingle with the public. So I'm not agreeing with what happened. I they certainly you take a, a group of individuals and you throw them together in what looks like a, a horse pen or something. They like corralled all these people in like fences. They're all standing next to each other. Not everyone was wearing masks. It, it was so cringy. But the focus has been on was Trump OK to actually have been out on his balcony with these folks? Here's the thing. The CDC actually has three guidelines as to whether or not once you're diagnosed with COVID, when you're no longer contagious and you can go back into the public. Number one, it has to be at least 10 days from the onset of your symptoms. And the big question with that is when did his symptoms start? Were those actually before the debates? Was it the Thursday night that he was diagnosed? Like, we don't know, blah, blah, blah. This would have been like very, very, very close though to when he was technically 10 days, but he may have been 10 days. Number two is you have to have had no fever for 24 hours without any fever-lowering medications. That's it. So as okay. long as you didn't take Tylenol or ibuprofen in the last 24 hours or have a fever, you're probably not contagious. And then the final one is super vague. Your COVID-19 symptoms that were specific to you have to be getting better. That's it. That's the only CDC okay. guidelines for whether or not you can go out in public. So I, you know, we're in the media. I love the media, but the media was ranting and raving the last couple of days about where's his negative test, blah, blah, blah. Is he okay to be around all these folks? He technically checked all three boxes from as far as we can tell. So he likely, you know, in all likelihood was not contagious when this rally happened and he isn't now and he's back out there in the public. Well, and he's uh, bigger and stronger than ever, right, Dr. James? I mean, oh. that's what happens is that once yeah. you uh, are no longer <clears throat> symptomatic, it means that you are a superhuman who can no longer contract the virus and can no longer spread it, which <laughs> I Not even true. if you don't have a fever and don't have <laughs> symptoms, is it and if you don't have a negative test, you're saying it's still not possible to spread COVID to others if you're not. So this is, yeah, correct. This is where we go back to that analogy that I've used before about the car in the driveway. So the PCR test, the COVID-19 test that we look to that says, are you positive with COVID-19 or not? That test tests for RNA of the virus. Well, if you approach upon a driveway and you see that there are two tires, a steering wheel and a seatbelt, you can surmise that at some point in time, there was a car in that driveway. But you can't drive two tires, a seatbelt, and a steering wheel. You need an intact car to be contagious, to pass the virus on to someone else. So the test is just looking for, was there ever a car in the driveway? To be infectious, you actually have to have a full intact car. Does that make sense? 
Yes, exactly. That does make sense. So if you're going to go to a junkyard, you'll find a lot of pieces of COVID, but not necessarily COVID itself. Yes. Bingo. Ding, 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 ding. So he's not going to have a negative test. He probably won't have a negative test for weeks, maybe even months, which is the case for most individuals who have have, uh, unfortunately had COVID. Hmm. Interesting. Well, good thing we will not be attending any Trump rallies uh, in the near future. So we are good to go. Speak for yourself, Allie Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know your schedule is full of all of his appearances. (laughs) You're going to follow him. You're such a roadie. When we come back, it's a new game that we call Name That 20. It's tough to tell the difference between 1920 and 2020 these days, so we will put you to the test when we come back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject with Allie and Dr. James Simmons, who is back from his eventful appearance on The Price is Right, which will be airing a little later this month. I'm excited to watch it, and I'm also excited to play a game of our own here on Drop the Subject, a new game, brand new Let's maybe call it the Plinko of radio. It's called (laughs) Name That 20. Nice. The Plinko of radio. I love it. There are no (laughs) prizes. Are you ready to play? (laughs) I'm I'm ready to play, Bob, Drew, Allie. uh, You can call me Drew. That's unisex. Well, you can call me me Bob, too. Who cares? So here's how it works. I'm going to give you a headline. It's very, very difficult to tell headlines that were written in 1920 versus headlines that were written in 2020. I mean, people are churning butter again. They're panning for gold. Roller skating is back. I'm pretty sure people are wearing petticoats to work. I don't know what is going on anymore. So when you read about car hops and the the stock market crash and all kinds of different things, you have to wonder, am I reading a headline from 1920 or am I reading something from today? Was this last week on BuzzFeed? So I will give you a headline (laughs) and you guess 1920 or 2020, okay? I'm ready. Uh, All right, here's your first one. Woman becomes first female president of American Railroad. (laughs) That is hard because it it would not be shocking at all if 2020 was the first time that a woman became president of of an American Railroad. But we don't really talk about the railroad like we did in 1920s, right? 1920s, like saying the railroad, like there's a new railroad was like talking about Tesla, right? Or like. Yeah, I know. It was like blasphemy. Yeah, I was like, they were like, you're not using an ox. You're all going to die. <laughs> you're all going to die. And now, you know, then railroad was everything. Like, and but we f- did all die with ox. We- <laughs> I mean, hello. Uh, I think you're trying to trick me on the first one, Allie. I'm going with 2020. Uh, I can't get one past you. Dr. James is correct. Berkshire Hathaway's railroad company has named its first female CEO. Wow. So that is a 2020 headline right there. Here's your next one. Flour drops $1 a barrel. (laughs) Also a tough one. Commodities are a thing, right? Who knows? In the commodities markets and in the 1920s with the Great Depression. Oh, but now with the stock market and everything's going on in the Great Recession. I don't know. This is hard. I think I'm going to I'm going to say 1920s for this one. You are correct. That was October of 1920. Flour had dropped one dollar a barrel. Flour right now is up, up, up. I mean, people are baking bread like crazy, which means that flour is in high demand. Let's move on to the next one. You're two for two. Snow melts and Olympic opening may be delayed. (laughs) Oh, boy. The 1920s or 2020s. We climate change. Climate change was already kind of a thing back then too, but they didn't really have a term for it. Oh no! I'm so bad. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 1920s again. You're correct. 
correct. Three for three. That came out in January 25th of 1924. Snow melts and Olympic opening may be delayed. Uh, All right. Here's your next one. Uh Wanted. A leg. Uh, Is this Dark Web Tales again? No. No. Wanted. A leg. (laughs) Not a leg up. Not a leg. You know, whatever. A chicken leg. Just whatever. Just, Just a leg. But it could be an old-timey wooden leg, or it could be a brand-new prosthetic 2020 leg that has, you know, Wi-Fi capabilities. You never right. know. 3D printed and, like, jumps on its own and oh, everything. Like, so I want one of those, man. I know, right? If we I'm- reach a certain level, I'm just going to hack these things off and get bionic ones. I, the, okay, there was just an article I read about that, that people are in our lifetime going to be doing that. They're going to be like, I don't like this arm anymore. Print me a new one. S- uh, sign me up! <laughs> I know, so maybe he wanted a leg is actually 2020, because we're closer to the dystopian future than we think we are yes is that what you're going with oh yeah 2020 sweet oh uh, no, no no that's not correct oh your first wrong answer wanted a leg that's J- that's april of 1926 having lost his leg in an accident james tatum <laughs> advertised oh, no. to find someone willing to sell him one of their good legs oh <laughs> all right here poor james <laughs> here's your finest, uh, final one before we uh-huh. go um, I like this game. Ca- castor oil sales are skyrocketing. Oh, Lord. Castor this, oil sales are skyrocketing. This is when people talk about snake oil and castor oils, whatever. I mean, castor oil was probably good for about two things. But, you know, it was one of those things they were like, it's good for everything. Which probably means it made some sort of hipster comeback. I'm going to say 2020. All right. You are correct. Yes, that is castor oil sales skyrocketing. That is from... Uh, two weeks ago, uh, other headlines in 2020 include Dutch oven cook-off winners announced and hundreds <laughs> line up for roller skates at Pigeon Skate Shop in Long Beach. So, Stop again, it. very difficult to tell. We have to take a break. And when we come back, more Drop the Subject. We're going to talk about the NFL when we come back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. New Channel Q. Dr. James Allie Johnson. I feel like now, today, with my raspy voice, I have a sportscaster talk, so it's time for Sports Talk, Allie. And what's super cool in Sports Talk is we have tons of things to get to. Very exciting. It is well documented. The issues that individuals have had with the NFL in terms of COVID, in terms of racial justice issues, in terms of sexual assault, and in terms of their treatment of LGBTQ folks. If you look at the statistics, even of the number of players who have come out after they've played. Um, Sarah Tuallo is a good friend of mine. He's one of the more famous ones. He was with the Minnesota Vikings and the uh, Green Bay Packers for a long time. Uh, He's now a huge advocate for the community, but there have been lots of players that have come out and everyone's sort of been begging and pleading and wondering, all right, NFL, what are you going to do? Like, we know that there are gay players. We are waiting for the day where we have an active player other than Jason Collins, no shade on him, but he was in the very last year of his contract. He played one year of NBA basketball. He I think he played two minutes a game. We're looking for a big superstar to come out of the closet in a men's sport. And I think football would be great for it. Uh, And the NFL maybe is uh, headed in the right direction. Allie, they've launched a series of initiatives associated with LGBTQ History Month starting yesterday, or excuse me, starting Sunday, sorry, which was coming out day. Yeah, it seems that they are uh, embracing change weirdly in 2020. And I don't know (laughs) if it's because everyone's been staring at the NFL with laser eyes for the past five years, this year especially. They're like, what is happening? At this point, if you do nothing... 
<laughs> you are <laughs> right. like, you know, it's going to start costing you. And it was costing them. So yeah. uh, I think especially because of the NFL's reaction or non-reaction to Colin Kaepernick, it really has a lot of people noticing the NFL's missteps. So it seems this year it's all about overcompensating and whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Great. It's great that they're doing it, even if it does feel like it's a little bit performative. Um, do you agree, James? Yeah, I mean, there's part of me that feels like it's performative, though I have done a lot more research about what individual teams are doing, and it varies wildly by teams, right? So some of the teams have been really, really, really great about some of the the, the things that they've done in terms of racial social justice issues. And so, you know, some of it as a league is performative, but some of it I, on an individual team basis, because remember, each team is a franchise, so they're kind of their own little world, um, have done some really great things. In terms of this PSA about like, we support you. They're speaking to other players, which I thought was really, really great. And there's this little tiny clip and it features like some really, really big names. DeAndre Hopkins, Rob Gronkowski, Jarvis Landry, Dalton Reisner, who are all active players who are really like kind of big superstars right now, as well as um, some really famous former players who have come out since they retired, like Wade Davis and Ryan O'Callaghan. Take a listen. I got you. We got you. We got you. <laughs> the highs, the lows. We're teammates, we're brothers. We support you. It takes all of us. All of us. It takes all you of know, us. You know, I really hope this does change the stigma. And I would imagine there's a lot more LGBT activity in those locker rooms than some people <laughs> would care to admit. <laughs> Maybe not in the locker like, room. you know what's they, going on. Because they, they're all, they're kind of still shared locker rooms, like in junior high. They're just really fancy, but maybe uh-huh. you know afterwards and i do have to say we got a peek into finally the shared locker rooms of the bubble um this past weekend too when the la lakers we just got to give them a quick shout out when they won the nba championship this will have a huge asterisk on it but most people are saying it will have an asterisk meaning that it was the one of the hardest championships ever to win so congratulations to the lakers congratulations to lebron james course being from the bay area i was trained not to like lebron james but he is a fantastic player and it was a well-deserved championship and of course before we get out of here uh which we're not done we have more when we come back i will leave you with uh the gayest sports highlights of the week because it is important to celebrate any queer moments in the nfl when we watch the games you know you can't hear about a a good sack or you know wide open (laughs) receiver without thinking about our incredible community so we celebrate those moments with the gayest sports highlights of the week here are the gayest sports highlights from the week. Jacobs takes that hole, keeps the legs churning. Jones, desperate heaves to save the sack. Boy, he's so shifty after he catches it. Ogba got in there, and that ball came out loose. Rutger drills it. It just goes to show you kind of the love and connection they have in that locker room. Garoppolo arches it for McKinnon. You can tell by his face, he knows that it's not something small. Fitzpatrick. Just eats it. And look at uh, Jason Garrett come out. Jacobs gets stuffed. Inches. Riley Dixon tosses it. Oh. Mm. Oh. One of those you don't want to see twice. These have been the gayest sports highlights from this week. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents... News it or lose it. Drop the subject with Allie and James. It is news it or lose it time. I have two headlines. James has two headlines, and we can only news one of the two. The other ones we lose and never speak of again. Are you ready to hear your headlines, James Simmons, nurse practitioner? I sure am. All right. 
Here is your first headline. One in four singles have admitted to having sex with their roommates during COVID lockdown. <laughs> I am not surprised in the least. <laughs> this comes from the yes and <laughs> file. Yeah. So I am going to lose it. Okay. And congratulations to all those folks having sex with their roommates out there. I hope you're being safe and not um, cheating, I guess. Yeah, you know, I, I if you have a live-in boyfriend or girlfriend or a person, partner, and then you're cheating with the roommate, sure, don't do that. Don't but if you're just getting it that. on and you're single, then good for you. Hey, All right, then on. you are going to, we're losing that, and you're going to hear about how Oreo is giving away 10,000 packs of rainbow cookies. Oh, everyone loves an Oreo, and everyone loves rainbows. Rainbows and kittens and ponies and unicorns. Yay. Uh, okay, Allie, here are your two headlines. <laughs> Scientists think they've found a way to get your cat to pay attention to you. Uh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> oh, I was not pandering in the least. Fine. Uh, because you news that, we will lose Priest Busted for making demonic BDSM threesome video on church altar. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am s- literally, I am sorry to lose that story, but I guess we must. Oh, um, my literal God. All right. <laughs> Uh, quickly, Oreo has partnered with uh, PFLAG, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's the first and largest organization for LGBTQ plus people. Um, they are creating a year-long initiative that is designed to shine a spotlight on the powerful impact of love and acceptance and what that can have on the LGBTQ plus youth. So Oreo is bringing more than just cookie lovers together with their latest social media campaign, the Proud Parent Campaign. It's an effort to highlight the parent-child relationships in the LGBTQ plus community. So if you uh, join the Proud Parent Campaign, you can snag a pack of free rainbow Oreo cookies. I, you know, I know that Oreo has come out with about 10,000 new flavors of Oreos since its inception, mm-hmm. but these ones I really want to get a hold of just so I can line them up in a, because uh, it's like one is red, one is orange, one is yellow, one is, you know, and you can put oh. them in the order of the flag yeah. and um, and then just shove them all in your mouth at once. <laughs> right. So do you destroy the dye of these with milk? Like, are these Oreos that you dunk or do you just like eat them on your own, you know? Ooh, you can dunk the milk and then have rainbow milk and rainbow cookie. Ooh, see? Then you'd be like extra gay points for that one. Yeah. I wonder, there's all kind. You know, people are going to have like reels and TikToks and stuff of different colored Oreos. This is kind of exciting. I'm not that creative, but I'm looking forward to seeing them, which is fun. And you can share your Oreo creativity, Allie, with your cat because I finally will reveal to you what the scientists have say how to get your darn crazy felines to pay more attention to you. Are you ready? Oh, am I ever? I'm looking over at one of my two cats right now. She does not have any interest in me, and I would like to change that. Oh, okay, very good. Then I will give you the uh, solution for that. Researchers think that it's just a slow blink, Allie. <gasps> slow blinking, I do that. It's, it's just it's just slow blink. More well, slow blinks they're defining. So it's kind of a slow blink. It's kind of a half blink. They're defining slow blinks as a series of half blinks followed by either a prolonged eye narrow. Or eye closure. (laughs) So basically, they want you to do your eyes like how cats do their eyes, sort of, right? When they're kind of like staring at you and whatever. So you you half blink and then like narrow your eyes whilst staring at your feline. 
All right, I already do that. And I think it's just because I'm copying my cat because she, she, I do walk into the room and then she looks at me, she puts her little he- head up and she narrows her eyes and then I do the same thing and I'm like, mm. and I will do the slow blink. But this is a quest that we have as cat owners to try and figure out our cat and win its love because dogs, they'll just give it to you. They just hand it all out. Cats, you have to earn their love. So it means that we sit there and obsess and read books. And I literally have Why Does My Cat Do That, the book, in the bathroom right now. (laughs) And we try to figure out how to make our cats love us. So I knew about slow blinking, and I'm glad to know that I'm on the right track. All right, when we come back, it's a brand new segment called Doctors Say. We'll get to that when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back. I'm Dr. James Simmons, along with Allie Johnson. This is Drop the Subject, and um, we're premiering right now, just for your listening pleasure, a brand new segment that, uh, well, we're calling the segment Doctors Say. I'm adding on four out of five doctors say, or four out of five doctors recommend, because this is something that you hear a lot, and, well, this is how it's going to work. Allie is going to present one of these four out of five doctors recommend, and then challenge me as to whether or not I agree and if it's complete and total BS. Sound good? Sounds great. I I know that Fifth Doctor is very pesky and doesn't ever go with the flow. I don't know what he does recommend, he or she, uh-huh. but it's probably things that are all bad for you. Four out of five doctors is never all five, but four out of five doctors agree, James, that you should not wash this part of your body in the shower. Do you have any idea what that body part could be? This is clickbait, and I have clicked <laughs> on it. I have fallen for the bait, and Suffer. now you must guess what body part it is. I mean, I immediately think eyeballs, right? Like, you probably don't want to wash your eyeballs mm-hmm. ev- ever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. De- maybe not wash your eyeballs in the uh, in the shower. I mean, that would you, sort of, to me, be the obvious one. You're not far from being right, oh. but you're also not right. Oh, okay. All right. So <laughs> I'm the fifth doctor, apparently. <laughs> You are. You're the fifth doctor. You've been the fifth doctor this whole time where you're like, no. Allie Johnson, damn it. No. That's my thing. No. 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 I don't want to say that. (laughs) All those happy people in the kayaks, I don't recommend they take anything. I don't. (laughs) Right. They're all like playing soccer and picking up their kids from practice. I'm like, whatever. No. No. (laughs) It's like four out of five dentists recommend like using toothpaste when you brush your teeth. And you're like, what dentist? Forget it. Wooden teeth for everyone. (laughs) Right. That's Um, funny. All right. So what am I what am I wrong about? If if you should make okay, so what you're saying is that you should wash your eyeballs in the shower? Okay. Four out of five doctors warn that washing your face in the shower can cause more harm than good. And I don't know if you know this, Dr. James, but hot water can be damaging to sensitive skin. So removing, you know, potentially many layers of your skin with scalding hot water all over your face would actually not be great, especially if you're trying to moisturize and not rip layers of skin off, exposing skin that's not ready to expose itself to the outside world. 
So skin is an actual organ, right? I think most people know this, but sometimes we forget. Skin is an actual organ that you need to sort of do things to take care of. And your skin is different thicknesses all over your body. Most people's facial skin is much more sensitive than other parts of their body. The other parts of their body having as sensitive skin is like your, you know, your naughty bits, right? So, or like your nipples, per se. So... You don't want to do that. In fact, this concept, and it's a very American thing of us needing to shower every day and be like excessively clean and whatever, is probably not good for our skin at all, which is why then everyone has to go buy products. So to like you exfoliate and then you put on serums and then you put on all the stuff and you do all this crap on your face because you don't actually need to be so washing your face like every day. <laughs> Yes, and a good a good esthetician will tell you that they'll be like, I, I met an esthetician who said I barely wash my face. Yeah, because I'm putting on different. I, I'm t- I'm removing my makeup. Obviously, I'm toning my skin. I'm moisturizing my skin. I'm exfoliating, but I don't need to scrub my face and solder off all of the pounds of mascara that I've put on every single day. That. It depends on the system you're using, but having a good facial cleansing routine doesn't necessarily mean you have to be washing your face constantly, especially in the shower. 100%, because that your skin will adjust to what you're doing with it kind of all the time, right? And and you want that to work. You want your natural essences, your natural oils to be the ones that make your skin beautiful. Now, some people, there's a little too much oil there or whatever. That's fine. You know, we all have combination skin to some degree. But I love this. I'm I'm glad that there are that four out of five of these doctors are saying don't wash your face in the shower. And also, you're probably using a harsher soap in the shower that you use on your body, right? Even when you do, the, you know, the once or twice a week, you actually full-on wash your face. You probably should do it with, like, a nice gentle soap and, like, cooler, lukewarm water or something like that. Well, now if I could only figure out how to wash my face over the sink without getting water over every single piece of the sink and leaving stains everywhere I go, uh, that is yeah. the next thing that I have to solve. But... Uh, I hope you learned something. When we come back, more Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. And unfortunately, it is time now to close up shop here on Drop the Subject with Allie and Dr. James. Close up shop. Close up shop. Close up shop. The good news is that we are back tomorrow and you can download the podcast if you missed anything today. A lot of great information that we gave you. Just the Tip Tuesday, we covered tipping tips for tipping during the pandemic. It has gotten more confusing than ever. We cleared it all up or James did. We trumped around. We talked about Trump's rally and why he can be out and about. James gave us a lot of information on that. We did name that 20. Is it a headline from 1920 or 2020? We talked uh, We talked about the <laughs> NFL and how they are launching new LGBTQ plus initiatives. We did a new segment called Four Out of Five Doctors Say. We learned about washing your face in the shower. And now it all comes down to this. Uh, you can download the podcast, rate and subscribe to catch up on all of those things. Tomorrow, we will be talking to Dr. John Paul, as we always do for our weekly wake up call. It is the gay MA as well, since it's Wednesday and wanted to also plug voting because voting is very important. If you uh, if you don't have that make America kittens again uh, filter on your Google Chrome, you're probably seeing one too many pictures of the president and you want it to be all over. Well, in order to do that, you got to vote. So if you go to vote411.org, you can register, you can find out how to register, you can get all the information about mail-in ballots that you need. And 
Just wanted to, we're going to start doing this until the election. We're going to share some stupid things that people are voting on, James, so that we can make the point that if you can vote for this dumb stuff, you can vote for president. Is it stupid, though, Ali? I mean, honestly, is it stupid? Because 100,000 people have signed this petition. 100,000 people have gone to change.org. They have exercised their right in this democracy. They are making sure that their voice is being heard. They're using a well-regarded platform like change.org to make sure that Taco Bell does not discontinue the Mexican pizza. I mean, if this isn't exercising our rights as voting Americans, I don't know what the hell is. I mean, there's a whole range of crap on change.org. There's a lot of great stuff, but there's also a lot of crap. But people take the time to sign those petitions and vote for those things. So if you can vote to save a Mexican pizza, you can vote to save this country. And you can go to vote411.org in order to do that. Uh, I guess that about wraps it up, Dr. James. You get some rest. You drink some water. Uh, James was on The Price is Right. He was filming all weekend and into Monday. So he is uh, he is hoarse. And I thank you for his and I thank you for your time, Dr. James. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new show. Goodbye. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.